comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 188 for season 7, episode 9, entitled Rockin' the Road. I am Craig DeMonda, your host. Join with me this evening is Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. Hey, man. How are you doing? Hey, man. Rhetorical! <laughs> what? That was awesome. <laughs> also, Mr. Aaron Newerth. Let me stop you right now before you break into song. I'm here. Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that was a favorite scene. Huh? This whole this whole show, Mr. Jim Dietz. Let me tell you a little story my mama told me about a rock and a road. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Daryl Taylor. Uh, we both slept with the same guy. That doesn't <laughs> make that doesn't make us friends. Don't mean a thing. <laughs> we all got our favorite quotes, apparently. Rhetorical. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna get started tonight rocking the road this episode was directed by greg nicotero written by angela kang guys we're back we waited a nice little uh little hiatus there and uh here we are back at it again back in the saddle so before we jump into it any initial thoughts on this episode or uh should we just jump right into it guys i'm gonna tell you right now i was a big fan of this episode uh this had a lot of the things that i like about the walking dead and very little amounts of the things i don't like about the walking dead so uh, I'm going to be pretty positive this week, which I, I'm happy with because it's nice to be positive. I'm on the same page there. And 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 really, there wasn't a lot of tentpole moments of things that happened in this as far as, you know, you would expect from a mid-season premiere. So in that, I was I was neither o- over or underwhelmed, just kind of whelmed. But <laughs> like Aaron said, I I enjoyed it because all of the pithy dialogue, all of the little just glances between the cast and everything i don't know it, it just was fun and it was what makes the walking dead fun Not there's a lot of there's a lot of characters back, we have back the rick we have back rick yeah it's no longer this giant pussy sweaty messy crying snobby face yeah he's <laughs> he, he's back <laughs> he took it he took his might all and he is fine oh He's speechifying and all. I mean, that was yes. nice. He had a lot. Yes. He had more dialogue, I think, in this in this episode than I think he did in the whole first half of the season. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you I add it up so word too. for word. <laughs> it was great. The, the team was back. I mean, they worked together. They they, they formed plans quick. Yeah. Well, I think a... I I think a key part that worked is that there's no subplot in this episode. Like no. we get we get some side stuff. Wait, we barely. I mean, basically, it's like Carol who gets like one scene, but like we don't follow. We it's not like we're cutting back and forth between storylines. We're just following Rick on his you know his uh, recruitment tour. And actually, you see almost all the characters are in this episode. Like you have the hilltop people. You know, Sasha and Maggie's in it. You got the 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 kingdom people. You got Carol's in it. Morgan. Pretty much the whole the whole cast was in this show. Enid was even in it. I mean, it was an ensemble show, which we haven't seen the whole group together and Glenn even working in together in a in a while. Abraham wasn't in it. They no. died. Yeah, get over man. it. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's the past, man. So uh, I guess you could just to get right into it. We have a cold open. We see Father Gabriel standing watch during, looks like, the overnight period. And he picks up his Bible. He reads, looks like a passage to himself, and then closes the book and simply nods, like he understands something. He then leaves the lookout post and proceeds to raid the pantry. And he makes a lot of noise doing this and hastily cleans out all the cans and remaining knives and weapons, whatever he can scavenge. He loads it into the trunk of a car. He's making a lot of noise as he's doing this. I'm surprised no one heard him or stopped him or said anything. I mean, like he's, he's, just, he's making a lot of noise doing this. Well, they they killed the one person that was in charge of all this stuff. So. That's true. Olivia, Olivia's oh. gone, right. Yeah, she's out of the picture. Yeah. Do we have any clue as to what he's doing this for? I mean, I, I, I'm asking you guys because well, be, I don't. Uh, obviously, obviously uh, no, that's a different show. Oh. That's Legends of Tomorrow with the Oh, my bad. Um. I think he's just doing a live-action re- uh, reinterpretation of the Grinch who stole Christmas. Taking the last can of who hash, you know. It, uh. it's, it's funny. Like, I, yeah, I don't think we have a... I mean, I guess the end of the episode may communicate an idea of what he could be involved in, but we have no idea why. But as far as, like, just initially seeing him do, initially seeing him do this, I, I have no idea. But the, the thing is, what I liked is that if this was earlier in the show, I'd be completely like against Gabriel. But oh, right yeah. now, I'm thinking he probably has a good reason why he's doing this. I have right. to, I, well, well, I wonder. If do you he, want he my wants... theory? Because my theory is that he has been starting his own army secretly off to the side, and that is why Rick is smiling in the end. Is because it's it's Father Gabriel. Oh, well, I was gonna say that's crazy. Uh, yeah, it could well, be. I was gonna say he was gonna he he made a. Uh, middle supply run like if you're gonna have a war you gotta have little spots of supplies and weapons when they're going back and forth at each other you want to keep that stuff from the saviors right you don't want them to see that and you want to have that separated from uh the rest of the group well i mean a lot of this a lot of this will play into the end of the episode but i mean he does leave a clue and that clue does take him to where they are at the end right it's, it seems less of a random, like, let's put up drop spots and more of a come, come to this exact location and here we are kind of thing. Yeah, it's well, pretty interesting. Set up. Mm. So before we finish the scene, uh, we're now joined by Russ Latham. Russell, what's up, sir? Hey, sorry I'm late, guys. Hey, it's all right. You made it. So we're just talking about the opening scene, the cold open. Uh, do you we're, any... not, we're, not, we're not Negan, so we will forgive you this time. Around <laughs> there are rules. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> So actually, and as as Gabriel, um, he then makes all this noise. He loads up the car. He takes a gas can, fills it up, opens the gate, drives off. Again, no one sees him. I guess he's the only lookout. He's the only one up at night. He drives off, and we see this is really creepy. A second figure 
was actually inside the car, kind of hiding. And as he drives off, you see him sit up in the passenger seat. Him or her, yeah. we don't know. A person. I didn't even notice that because I noticed he was driving one of the few like Chrysler K cars and still survived. <laughs> That's a good, good, good lookout. We had, we had a few classic cars in this uh, this episode. There was a Pontiac Catalina in the, here, and yeah, we had some good ones. Well, but... actually, that that made me think because as he's driving off, you also see like you're mentioning the other cars and stuff, and I'm thinking. This is like the, the the apocalypse, you know, a good, I bet, 95 or more percent of the population has been wiped from existence or they're walking around dead. There's got to be lots of great cars just sitting around. Good with dealership, right? They're all lined up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Zero yeah. miles, right? Yeah. But, but, but Rich, it's, it's not like they've been hanging out in, like, popular urban areas. They've been all over the country where there's, you know, nothing anyway. I'm just saying at some point during a lull when they're not being attacked by some crazy with an eye patch or a barbed wire wrap bat, somebody couldn't go down to their local Ford Mercury Lincoln dealership and grab a couple? I'm are, you saying, are you sponsored? Are you sponsored? Ford Mercury Lincoln. No, I absolutely Mercury is gone. Am. By the way, they're defunct. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I leave the car car plugs up to uh, our our host Craig. There, he's the expert. But I'm just yeah. saying. I want to know how the gas is still good. Well, like, yeah, no uh, doubt. You can use fuel stabilizer. I mean, if if they're smart and use fuel stabilizer, you can stretch gas out for literally years. But I mean. I don't know. Yeah, we don't see them doing that. Car definitely had a fuel stabilizer on it. <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's yeah, a liquid. Yeah. You add to the fuel. It's a yeah. It's an it additive. was right there next right. to the flux capacitor. Russ, <laughs> have you have you not been watching all the deleted no. scenes? All the all the times when they go and do fuel fuel stabilizer missions and it's just like, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 if there was a flux, you wouldn't put a flux capacitor in a K car because you'd never get it up to 88 miles an hour. <laughs> right. 1.21 gigawatts is too much for a K, K, a K car, man. No, it's too much, man. I had a K car in the 80s. I can attest to the fact that they can go that fast. And they're tanks. Listen, the K car could go 88, but it feels like the whole thing's going to shake apart when you get to 88, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, I got I, mine I, up to 88 once. I remember that. I was going downhill put it in neutral and just yeah what a Definitely. fascinating story anyway listen to yeah, yeah. we like to that you guys can listen to the auto chat show to hear more about k cars and their top right. thank you for the plug i really appreciate that that's actually nice. i'll just i'll just cut this segment out and put it into the auto chat show how's that i'll just put it right into the next week's episode you should you just so, dropped a new episode all of our robert our Robert Altman over talking like the discussion of k cars and the walking dead yeah i think it's uh, going <laughs> <laughs> Everybody love that. Oh man! So after the credits, we uh, we go back to the hilltop, and Rick and the gang are basically where we left off uh, at le- you know the end of the se- first half of the season. Rick and the gang are inside Gregory's office now, Ricky, and Gregory Ricky is being gang. a bit stubborn, and he's saying that he doesn't even owe Rick's group anything, and that as far as the saviors are concerned, they don't even know each other. In fact, Gregory suggests that Rick's group owes him for taking in Sasha and Maggie, <laughs> or I, 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 Margaret. Yeah, Margaret. he calls Maggie Margaret, right? Ricky yeah, and Margaret. Ricky. Calls Rick, calls Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, the Ricky, the Ricky part's almost under the breath. I was happy you guys <laughs> caught it because it's like he yeah. says it so quickly. Oh, it's oh just... I caught it. Let me tell you, gentlemen, I grew up a Ricky, and my parents and every my sister <laughs> still call me Ricky. In Richard public, Ricky. So I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, anytime the the word Ricky is utterly whispered, I'm gonna pick up on it because it's annoying. So at least they called you Ricky. It's better than Dick. Right, I mean, I'm saying, yeah. put down, well, that, Dickie. That would have been that would have been more in alignment with me, though. So, <laughs> so I, just, I, I, I thought I it was funny it. that he he shortens Rick's he he uses the informal of Rick's name and the yeah. formal of Maggie's name. <laughs> yeah, 
I just I, I need, to say, I, um, go ahead, man. I, was, I just need to say that Xander Berkeley is a like he's been good on this show so far, <laughs> but he's so good at this one scene right. where he just yeah. he's yeah, exactly like you're saying, Russell. He says Ricky, then he says Margaret. <laughs> he's just the way he's tossing out these lines. It's just like I feel like the writers just don't know like how good they have it right now that they have this actor playing this role. Like he's twixt. <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. They mentioned it on on Talking Dead about how he just, they, the, as far as the names go, those aren't written for him. He just throws I, them out to oh, get so it's him. Reaction. It's him improving it. That, that makes yeah. more sense, actually. Uh, that, yep. He's good at playing those jerky characters. Oh, though. yeah. He does that a lot. He's great. Yes, like this, this, you, obviously, you're not supposed to like, like this guy because yeah. of how he's portrayed, right. despite the fact that he does exactly the same thing that Ezekiel does in this episode, he yet sure we treat does. this person like an idiot, and Ezekiel, like, he's still cool. It's just, <laughs> oh, he made the wrong choice. He's like, got a tiger. <laughs> oh, that's same. true but no this scene what I, what I want to say is that this scene is like I thought this episode peaked early because this scene was so great to me just listening <laughs> to him talk to these guys and then we're going to yeah. get to like three or four other scenes that I happen to like equally as much as this scene so, <laughs> so Jesus quickly shuts that down by calling uh, Gregory a coward for hiding when Maggie and Sasha saved the town basically from the savior attack Rick tries to continue to plead his case uh, he says look man this isn't any kind of life you're living under the savior's thumb Gregory answers you know quote sometimes Ricky you have, you have to count the blessings you have. <laughs> He's trying to give some wisdom to Rick. The rest of the group chimes in, and Gregory just isn't listening. He shuts down basically Tara, Maggie, Sasha, Daryl, and Michonne. They all try to get their two cents in. Uh, what did you guys say? Rhetorical, right? Who, who said Yes. <laughs> Rhetorical! <laughs> That's great. On the way out, he thanks everyone for not having this meeting today and for not being seen leaving. As they're walking out, Rosita uh, calls him a walking ball sack, which she's <laughs> very feisty this episode, and I'm liking it very much. Then Enid walks in and invites everyone outside to see a gathering of hilltop townspeople who are willing to fight the saviors, led by a woman by the name of Bertie, B-E-R-T-I-E, I guess, Bertie. As the gang is leaving the town, though, Jesus suggests it's time that they go to the kingdom and meet King Ezekiel. The the uh, the the um, hilltoppers. What are we calling them? The hilltoppers. Yeah, that, that sounds good? good. I like that. We'll go with yeah. that. Hilltoppers, hilltoppers is good. Yes. The, uh, <laughs> the hilltoppers. Them coming out and just basically standing there, all wearing red sweaters, saying we're going to die, but we'll do it happily. Like that just made me laugh. Just like, hey, we're all going to. We should come out and help you. That sounds like a good idea. I don't know why we've let this idiot live in this giant mansion and nearly get us killed all the time anyway. But you know what? <laughs> why not? You seem like a bearded, strange fellow. We should join your team. Yeah, they're like, you sure you have a chance? You think you can do it? All right, well, we're with you. You're, we're cool. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're going to go by the team name of uh, Live Forever. I think that's, that's what will be uh, good for them. <laughs> so the gang drives up to the kingdom. They get out of the car. And after waiting a moment, two kingdom people, I guess, arrive, including Richard, on horseback, attempting to see who is trespassing. And, th and the other guy, With I don't know his name. Right, he's like... Who dares to trespass on the kingdom? He says, tries to speak in this, uh, you know, yeah. this very, very regal way. It's kind of funny. He's, he's buying into the kingdom thing a little too much. Then he drops it immediately. He's like, "Oh, it's just Jesus." Never he mind. Goes, oh, Jesus! <laughs> he goes, "Is that you?" Yeah, that's it. And then, and uh, yeah, Richard greets him, and, but calls him Paul. Doesn't call him Jesus. Calls him by his name, which I guess is Paul. Jesus asks for an audience with King Ezekiel for Rick and the gang. At first, Richard is hesitant. But Jesus convinces him that they're friends and they're like-minded. On the way to visit the king, Richard tells Jesus that, look, no matter what, they must start dealing with the real problem, the saviors. Jesus tells him that he will not be disappointed and that he will smile today. 
Rick and gang are blown away with the kingdom. They're, they're, they're like, hey, we, Michonne notices that, okay, we got the number of people here to basically beat the saviors if they can fight. And then suddenly Morgan then strolls in and greets the gang. Richard asks how Rick knows Morgan, and he replies, we go back to the start. <laughs> I like that. That was nice. Before they see the king, Rick asks Morgan if he ever caught up with Carol, because he didn't know at that point. And Morgan explains that he found her. She wasn't happy that he was following after her. He explained that she was wounded from the battle with some saviors, but she got healed up at the hilltop and has since left. Now, I don't know why he's kind of half lying here, because, yeah, she left, but she's at this house on the outskirts of town. But because I'm sure we'll find out. he left alone, and he's honoring what she wants. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's but Rick. I mean, it's like it's their Rick family. Rick and, yeah. and Daryl. Yeah. Well, well, what do you think Rick's there for? He's there to recruit people to come fight for him. He just, Carol's made it very clear. She doesn't want any part of this, so mm. he's he's covering for her. All right. I don't think they knew exactly where in the woods uh, Carol was. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like later, Benjamin comes by and like finds her out in the woods. But like, I don't think this scene they know exactly where she is. I think Morgan well, does because he brought her fruit yeah. last time, right? Yeah, but I think yeah. Right. Yeah, isn't she's she's staying, staying at that house, at that house uh, that's yeah. on the outskirts of town or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. But maybe Benjamin yeah. doesn't. You're right. He may not know where she is. But yeah. Well, that's she right. wasn't outside her house. She was just in the woods. So it's like it, we don't know where they were exactly. We just know that Benjamin was walking around and stumbled across Carol. Yeah. Right. So Morgan also admitted that he had to kill one of the saviors that was attacking Carol at the time. So again, that was a big for him because again, you know, the not killing, not kill anyone, pacifist kind of way. But uh, he admitted he had to do it. It's a good uh, Lenny James moment because he he, he says just that, but there's some uh, emoting going on there that yeah, I for 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 me who's a fan of Morgan and this what he's been going through, I it's you see a lot in just his face. Which yeah. Is yeah, I mean, considering, um, like, he only has, like, a few, like, he has a scene with Rick, and then he has another scene where he kind of gives counsel to Ezekiel, mm-hmm. but they're both very effective, and they're both really well done. I and mean, It's almost like that's the argument that tips the scales for Ezekiel to not help Rick, you know? Yeah, pretty much. And Rick calls him out on it later, too, which I found very satisfying. Jesus leads the gang to uh, meet King Ezekiel. Rick attempts to make his case after he realizes there's a tiger there, <laughs> that uh, the hilltop, the kingdom, and Alexandria all have the same problem. It's time to fight for freedom. And Michonne even chimes in, tells the king that several of them have been brutally killed by the saviors. Morgan then says, oh, who? Who got killed? And uh, Rosita, again, very snippy. I love it. She uh, says that, well, it was Abraham, Spencer, Glenn, Olivia. And she challenges Morgan says, what? You're going to say you were right now? Like, still challenging his, his beliefs about not killing and, 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 you know, his way. The king is not happy uh, that Jesus shared the secret that the kingdom is being extorted by the saviors, but he still listens to Rick's plans. Richard offers his opinion, which is to go along with Rick's plans. He says, the time is now. We know how Richard feels about this. The king then asks Morgan what his thoughts are on the matter. And Morgan says, well, people will die. And not just the saviors. Maybe we can just capture Negan. Maybe we can make a deal. And then Rick makes a face at this point. Like, he's just like, oh, God, here we go again. But then tells the tale of the of the rock on the road to the King Ezekiel. Before, before we go over the rock on the road story, which is, it's a story. Uh, <laughs> I... The, the the whole reaction to, the, of them, you know, being presented with the king and, you know, Shiva... 
just, like Jesus doesn't even like quite like he's so used to you know Ezekiel and the tiger for the, he doesn't even right. realize oh yeah you guys are uh, petrified because there's a t- or stunned or whatever because there's a giant tiger that's also in the room with you right now <laughs> like it's just it's great little I like being in the kingdom guys this is like a it's oh such yeah. A, like because the show is so dour and dark all the time, it could it needs more of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And like I, I'm very happy that it, it, it's embracing this. And the tiger looks fine for what it's yeah, what it's, it's pretty good. And Ezekiel yeah. is just the bright spot of this season. Carrie Peyton really sells that character. He's good. Yeah. very well. It's only his what second episode on yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's all he's Something fit right like in. Yeah. But it feels like more than his second episode. Uh, you know, kind of in a way. I don't know. It's weird. No, I mean, I think it's because of the authority that we're supposed to associate with the king, it right. really, it's effective. Like, I felt that when I read the comic, too. It's like, yeah, yeah all right, I'm going, I'm, I'm working with this. this. This makes sense to me. And yeah, the show's, it's capturing whatever that's supposed to be quite well. However loony it seems to have <laughs> a king who has a pet tiger, I beyond like understanding what he's trying to do given you know he gave a whole monologue about why he does what he does it just it it fits in its own way which is like kind right. of lunacy but i still i'm still digging it yep yeah it's pretty neat so the king invites them to dinner rick says they need to get home they can't stick around but the king says look i'll deliver my decree in the morn so he'll he'll make his decision in the morning we cut oh, you, you skipped over the story well i i wasn't going to retell it but i mean rick rick goes into his little his little parable about the rock in the road and, 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 you know, how you have to move it out of the way. And the person that did found the gold underneath the rock. And it was like story time by Rick Grimes. I, I kind of liked it. I, I, I mean, again, it was nice. It was, yeah, it was, it was folksy. Cool it, it was, folksy. It, it was yeah. like a, a southern take on the Aesop's fable in, in a way. Yeah. That it's a Grimesy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, of kind of like the third act in an episode of Matlock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, uh, the- the best reaction though was Jerry, who what he like he says like and he found a, a, a bag of gold. And he's like, yeah, oh, he goes all right, yeah, like that. He thumbs up. He should all We should all want to be Jerry from the kingdom. That's who we should aspire to be in life all the time. <laughs> the, the Jerome, Jerome. He looks the like Morris just, Day. That's he looks he like is. he just got back from a really cool game of D and D. <laughs> he's got the ponytail going. The, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got his axe, greasy you know, ponytail. All, and his, yeah, it's all set. What are y'all doing it with this D and D thing? What's going on with that? Hey, now, man, <laughs> he's living it, man. That's what sexy is. Uh, wow. Oh yeah. So after the commercial, we see Benjamin in the woods going for a little walk. He runs into Carol, who heard him coming and was kind of carrying a rifle on him. Uh, he asks how she's doing, basically, in case the king asks. She basically, she's just cold to him, really doesn't give him much. I mean, she's just generally cold and tells him to run off, and she better he better walk softer next time because he heard you coming like a mile away. And then asks she treats about, him like uh, she treats him like Major Dodson, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, she, yeah, so, sorry, the dear, the dearly departed Major Dodson. Right. I mean, he offered her water and food, and she's like, "Why are you carrying extra water?" And he's saying, "Well, in case people need it or whatever." And she's just like, "Ugh, you know, get away from me." And she couldn't even be bothered with this guy. Plus, she's got she calls him on the fact you know he left the safety off on his gun. <laughs> you know, he's not washing her heel to toe. I mean, Carol's all ramboed up. She's like, "Hey, man." Yeah, Come she on. don't play that. Yeah, no, she don't play around like that. No. Heard, you, heard you coming a mile away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, when he gets back home, he sees the king reading to. I guess his kid brother is that who it was? I forgot who that character was. The kid, but um, a portion of the famous speech by Martin Luther King Jr. Free at last. 
Benjamin even weighs in at the end uh, when you know when the king comes out and they're talking in the hallway, saying that they really should help Rick and the group. That you know it's the right thing to do because even if we don't help and Rick succeeds, then we would have done nothing. And if they fail, it's our fault, and we really should help them. And the king at this point seems to value his advice. He goes, "Thank you for your sage advice, Benjamin, and we, we I appreciate it." So it seems like at this point, between quoting that speech from Martin Luther King and valuing. Benjamin's advice, I thought, okay, the king's on board. I'm like, this is this is good. This is looking pretty good. But we see the next morning, Rick's gang approaches the king outside. They're like doing some archery skills practice right there in, in the courtyard or whatever. And the king explains that, look, you know, this everything I've built here, this kingdom came at great cost. And he's referring to a couple of his people losing their limbs. And you can see one of the ladies doesn't have a leg. It's firing the arrows and people mm-hmm. lost their lives. It was, just, it was like Starship Troopers. Like, everybody who was training the kids was, like, missing a limb. You know, like, the guy <laughs> yeah. who's training the archery is missing an arm, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. and the only good savior is a dead savior. Right. You got that right. <laughs> Bugs. Service, a service guarantee citizenship. <laughs> Father Gabriel was in Starship Troopers. Not that I think oh, he was. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's funny. Right. Yeah. 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 Didn't he get eaten, oh, though? Connected. He did get eaten, right? Yep. No, no, no. Everybody it's a new no, he holds a nuke and blows up a whole hole of bugs at the end. Oh, okay, he dies. He dies as a hero. Okay, well, I guess yeah, he's yeah. like he holds a nuke in his hand. He's like, he's trying to kill the bugs, sir. And then like they all run away. And he blows. <laughs> Guys, let's just talk about Starship Troopers for you. So that movie for yeah. night. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I think it's a really underrated movie, but it is. I agree. <laughs> it's an awesome flick. All right. So he says he has to hold on to the peace as long as possible. The king says, and and that that's his that's his rationale that look we have to just try to keep this thing going as long as we can with the saviors he says i have to officially deny the help of the kingdom but i will offer daryl asylum as the saviors never set foot inside the kingdom and he'll be safe from them here and daryl basically gets in his face and says yeah how long do you think that's gonna last he's kind of pissed too he's oh getting... he's all in his face yeah well, he's, he's making <laughs> smart ass remarks every, all episode like, yeah every time yeah. he weighs in it's like something like that because he's ready to fight like he's been eating dog food right. sandwiches yeah. for weeks now i'm just <laughs> saying he's a little cranky he's ready to I'm, saying, I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to be pissed i'm just saying you know you're talking to the king here with him you know he's got a tiger you might want to make nice with him yeah show some respect yeah you talking yeah, to the king that's right down. Well, I think they. I think everyone's in a mutual agreement of like things aren't the best right now. We got Negan running around doing stuff. Daryl's just got out of captivity. King's trying to keep the peace. Like you know, I I I like how we're you know no random fist fight breaks out in this episode for stupid reasons. Everyone's actually talking and has reasonable things to say, and that's mm-hmm. why I really like what Ezekiel comes down to. Like it obviously, yeah. you know, we want. And you, I mean, down the line, you know what's going to happen. But like, you want like you want Ezekiel to say yes to Rick, but at the same time, just like Gregory, they're both making pragmatic decisions that make a level of sense. Like they're not the guys that went out and started like mowing down saviors. They're the guys that made a deal, and for better or worse, are honoring that deal, and they're living a safe life. Like they're outside of the harm of zombies or what have you. Right. So it's like I get where they're coming from. Obviously, yes, we need to. Have, everybody guys has to team up. And you know, pull an Avengers and take down Negan Thanos over there. But like, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> so you see, no one's starting fistfights. So like, if Daryl just took a swing at the king right here, that would be right, here. We go right. They're getting... Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that would see, that would that would He's like going to get out of hand. Though. I mean, it'd be one thing to be like, yeah, that's our Daryl. He's taking punches. But another, it's like, I, I, I'm happy to see smart writing on this show where you have right. people. T- 
talking out things that make a reasonable amount of sense relating to each other as humans. Like, I like when that happens and it works well into an episode without boring me. Like, and I think this episode pulls that off quite well. Yeah. Well, it seems like both their, like, power, or both their power bases want to help Rick. Like, you know, Gregory, all those people at the uh, um, lookout want to, and then, like, when Rick, you know, gets turned down by Ezekiel, like, his first-in-command is, um... Yeah, Richard. You know, the, Richard, Richard is like is is all on board. He wants you know he wants to help Rick. You know, Richard talked about like... uh he talked about the last uh, was it the last episode right when we checked in with um yeah we because we che- we had like a check in with Morgan and Carol and Richard came by and right right he tried to convince him to help him with the saviors and he's got that little stash we found remember the last he had that little like uh, exactly. was it a trailer somewhere in the woods he's got some weapons and stuff so we'll right. see where that comes down but again I like the kingdom guys you have Jerry. <laughs> You have Richard, who's like seems like a really solid, like you know, warrior type. He's you their Daryl. The yeah, <laughs> you have you have a tiger. Like, what's wrong with this place? Like, I just want to be. here. Why can't this be the spinoff, guys? Why well, we got to be stuck in L.A.? Oh, oh, <laughs> you know, all I can think of when they're walking through the the kingdom is remember back when they were at the prison and Rick wanted to garden. Yeah, right. And like he he, he like oh, was trying right. to turn all the the lawn into a garden and stuff. It, like here we are a few seasons later. It's got to just kill him to see what he wanted to do. They like, made it work. Actually, actually accomplished. You know that's so funny. So all right. So instead of Fear the Walking Dead, we'll call it The Walking Dead: Colon Kingdom Come. That'll be the, <laughs> yes. That's the next. We'll that's rep- next spinoff. How's that? Kingdom we'll re- of we'll the reference dead. that comic. Yes, Kingdom Come. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the gang walks off, and hey, Sasha. Wait, you... Sorry, I'm sorry. Real quick. I'm just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Did you get? Guys... Because there was a lot of acoustic guitar. Did you guys get the song that they were doing? No. What were they? No. What were they strumming there? What was that? The Northern Town from the Dream Academy. I did not catch that. Nice. Did a couple acoustic like, which I thought was pretty funny because it felt it's like there's like a Renaissance vibe going on in this place with that acoustic guitar. <laughs> it's like a Renaissance. And I, I, I was I was really I was really like waiting to see like a character like on a loom like like playing the tune or something. Like that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was a. Uh, yeah, a life in Northern Town. I, I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> Think about it. That's a cool. I, I totally didn't even catch that. That's pretty good. Yeah, the, that was by the Dream, ever... Aca- the Dream Academy, I think. Yeah, yeah, Dream Academy. Eighty hmm. rock. Love it. So the <laughs> gang walks. Up, the gang walks off. Sasha starts to try to talk to Rosita. This is great. I love this. I love this part. Saying that she knew the king wouldn't come through. Blah blah blah. And Rosita says. What the hell are you talking? What the hell are you telling this to me for? Just because we had sex with the same dead guy doesn't mean we're friends. I love her snippy. Like she should have been like this the whole time. Uh, she seems like a bit much. <laughs> this is great. No, she's like she's pissed. I love it. It's like it's she's finally showing some emotion. Well, she was pissed before, and that's how she got in trouble and got that girl <laughs> killed. She got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rosita's not exactly high up my on my she, on my list right now because she did. Yeah, she did like she take wasn't. a shot. Somehow, right. this standing right in front of him. She wasn't happy go lucky before. After I mean, asking to get only one bullet, yeah, like, she, she, she hits Lucille. Of all, yeah, and then right in the middle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't be. Na- and then when you name who you lost, don't name Spencer as a good person you lost. Spencer. Spencer was not one of the good ones that got killed. He was. She didn't he go, was she didn't a, go to detail that one. She's like Spencer. Traitor. He deserved to die. Spencer. Oh yeah, and the douchebag Spencer. Yeah, that's what you should have said. And the douchebag Spencer. And like, I, I couldn't believe Glenn wasn't first in the list when I mean, she started listing people said, off. I'm, she said Abraham and Glenn, right? Is what she said. She said yeah. Abraham she didn't have Glenn. sex with Glenn. I mean, yeah, yeah Abraham's was, tops on her list. Yeah, I guess you're right. Tops yeah. on her list, you know. Right. Then Spencer. Well, she had sex with him too, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, but, she I mean, did. Spencer, they, but, angry said. Yeah. She had like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because she was but mad Spencer at, was also uh, a traitor. You know, it, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
So Rick then tells Morgan, and this is as they're still walking out of the town, you can try to talk the king into helping, but you won't. It was kind of like a little underhanded there, but he just basically said, you're not going to help us. You're not going to you're not going to help make my case. Like he's not really mad at Morgan, like he's it's like a, Morgan's his brother, but he's like you're not going to help. <laughs> so but Richard then steps in and says, "Look, whatever you need, I- I'll help." And Rick says, "Look, honestly, we just need the numbers to beat the king to of the kingdom to beat the saviors. If if we don't have the numbers, it's not going to work." And Richard says, "Okay, fine. I get that. But every day we all give supplies to the saviors, they get stronger and we get weaker." Which I thought was yep. pretty Pretty profound. That's true in a lot Very of ways. True. true. So at the gates, Rick then tells Daryl, you know what? Stay behind. And Daryl's none too pleased with that, but he says, look, you're going to be safe here, and that maybe he can try to convince the king to to come around, and that he'll be back soon to check up on him. Because hmm. he says that, or like just just... Like just look at them, or like just just keep they, staring. They, they do stare, stare at each other as the gate closes. Like you do see that little scene. You're right. Yeah, they're looking at oh, each no, other. No, I mean, yeah. no, I, mean he, I mean, he tells he tells the like he tells that he can just keep staring at the king or something until he like and it's just like blind <laughs> dialogue. But actually, <laughs> keep staring you, at the king. Now, yeah. now that you mentioned now that you mentioned it though, mm-hmm. he, he, they they there is the kind of there is a kind of. Um, a, a look that they give each other as they're leaving again. Like, we just got our dick back. Now he's leaving. You know, <laughs> <laughs> almost thought like, they were going to do patty cake at the door. Was closing. I'll yeah. see you soon, man. Rick's got a lot of brothers on the show. It's just <laughs> they break it. If it was a CW show, they would have broken into music in the background. Oh, <laughs> that's what that's what YouTube fan edits are for, guys. Oh no, <laughs> do another tribute. So on the car ride back, we can hear Negan's voice coming over the walkie-talkie. This is actually pretty funny. Oh, dude, that was awesome. He's doing a eulogy of sorts for the untimely death of Fat Joey. (laughs) He sure did. And he extols the virtues of Fat Joey, and then even asks for a moment of silence. He says, from now on, Skinny Joey is just going to be known as Joey. (laughs) He's He's such a dick. He's such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) And he calls him a fat bastard, too, that fat bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, yeah, I love that part. He's like, well, not fat Joey, skinny Joey, yeah, skinny, just Joey. Just Joey. Just Joey. <laughs> what a radio Someone eulogizes me as touching as he did. They gave Joel. Fat Joey a moment of silence. I don't remember anyone, any other savior getting a moment of silence here. Right. All right, so he must. No. You know, he, he he misses him, man. That was his boy. I don't know if he misses him or he just was mad and wanted to go and and, and keep talking it, about. Uh, getting Daryl <laughs> in, in, in Negan's own way. I think yeah. that's actually like a sincere like thought. Like he's trying to like keep people in good spirits, right. but also like reflect on the fact that they lost that joke. Oh, We're no, gonna miss I that son of a son of a. I does, think that does Negan, do, does Negan do a show like all through the morning drive time? Dude, I, I know. Wild, he, he's like, great radio voice. I'm thinking yeah, that. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, hey, this one's going out to Fat Joey. <laughs> I think he, he only cared about Fat Joey because Long they took him Because somebody else killed Fat Joey. That's the only reason why he cares. He's at that Fair sandwich, he's sandwich shop in the he's sky. Got a, he's got a re- he can't call Skinny Joey Skinny Joey right, anymore. Right, right. That's, that's the real can't call him Skinny Joey anymore. You have to call him just Joey. Just Joey. <laughs> the minor annoyance. Like, they took my fat Joey away. Like, I can't call Skinny Joey fat Joey. So what am I going to call him Joey? But, I mean, given that I'm not the biggest fan of Negan, I, I was. This, is the, this was the right dosage for me this week of him. Just like, hearing him right. on the radio is over the top well, on the I radio. Think, it brings I it down a notch, do. right? Yeah. I think it goes to what you were saying. I think they understand that you can't have uh, too much of Negan. 
if you're not going to kill him. Like you can't you can't throw him in there too much. Yeah. Because it it's, it's overboard. Well, yeah. Sure if he right. Unless he wipes everybody out. Like you, if you keep saying he's the danger one, you, you know, he's he's so dangerous. Every time he shows up and no one dies, it kind of weakens that character a little mm. bit. So. Well, that's why that's why the mid-season finale was a perfect use of him because why he yeah. was featured a lot, but he was also a threat, and he actually delivered on the threat. So right. like it was. Well, this is the second and, episode now they've rel- they've uh, like gone light on the Negan and heavy on the Stephen Og instead. <laughs> and I'm, actually, I'm okay and, with that 100. percent That's fine. And yes. I, I am too. I think Stephen Og killed it this episode once again. I mean, he's he's. It, it, in his own way, just as menacing, if not more so in a weird way, than Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Negan. Well, because it, it, you're not sure. I mean, with Negan, he's got this whole shtick and spiel right. and everything. Stephen Ogg's uh, Simon is just, like, very random. You know what he's I mean? He's uh, Hey, Rick, it's like hello a, again. It's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, like a ten, it's like a tensed muscle or somebody clenching <laughs> a fist and you don't know who they're going to hit. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Stephen Ogg is like, he's a character actor. and uh, you can, awesome. you can let him be a lot of different things and you don't exactly know what you're gonna get jeffrey dean morgan i mean he's a good actor but he's also he's a he's a movie star he has movie star looks so it's it's hard to like <laughs> it's hard for me to buy him as this kind of ultimate big bad when he just postures a lot and you know has this kind of charisma to him where i'm like well i'm not gonna buy him as this complete nothing but evil character because he's too likable and but like someone so it's, like negan would need a career need to have some charisma like that to keep everybody in line it's not just which, you know, yeah not, yeah under so which, I, I can I, see why they went for someone like that in that role whereas simon is an underling and like pretty much given free reign by negan and you don't know what the hell he's gonna do you know well, i think right? that's why the, the comic which I, I i had to come around to negan eventually but like he's still He's in the comic. He's built like a you know. He's built like a linebacker. In the mm, like yeah. here, he's mm-hmm. a little slender. Oh, yeah. he's a more slender. He's yeah. mm-hmm. like skinny in that jacket. Like he doesn't. He, he doesn't seem right. like a threat to, to me. Besides, the, besides you know talking a big game, and that only goes so far. That just makes him seem like a you know a elementary school bully more than like a, a person that's going to kill you. So it's hard to buy into Morgan's Negan uh, as this kind of reoccurring threat every time he talks and doesn't do anything. So, he should have yeah, bulked Og. up. He should have bulked up like uh what is it like 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 what's his name? Did it Bane uh what was his name? Tom Hardy, right? Like or, or did some uh, Batman CrossFit. Yeah. Like Bad Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think AMC pays enough. They're not paying enough for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah gain fifty pounds, Jeffrey Dean. Uh no no I'm not doing that. No, no, no. Uh, you're gonna get what you get. <laughs> yeah. You're not paying me enough for that. I'm not doing that Tom Hardy nonsense. Gaining yeah. seventy five pounds, yeah. <laughs> So the gang hits a wall of cars um, on the, like an off ramp leading to the main road near the Savior's base. They even can see the Savior's base in the distance, so they're close by. And I guess they're heading back to town. They're taking one of the major highways. It seems like they also discover one of Fat Joey's booby traps, and it's a large steel cable with like TNT, basically like dynamite, strewn across it, held by two cars at either end. We then hear Negan get back on the radio, and he declares a code red situation, realizing at this point that Daryl is gone, which seems to me kind of crazy. They didn't realize he was gone for like a whole day. I'm busy. Right. They well, got a lot going on. I don't know. We don't know. The, we don't know the time here, but I mean, yeah, they could have thought he was in a cell, right? They could have thought he was in there. And... Well, they don't do anything with him except throw him in the cells. So right. Like, because like the last they time they threw him... Fat Joey first. Come on. And yeah, when, and the they last had time, the last tournament and all that. When they, when they 
when they last dealt with uh, Daryl, they like it was what he he kind of disobeyed or whatever, and he, said, he, he throw told him in his off cell. Negan. He told Negan to lay off Carl or something like that, and he's like, oh, oh exactly. put him in a timeout, get him, get him in the cell. That's it. So, yeah, so he's in complete isolation. They don't need to check on him because they don't need to think to look after him. Like he's in there. Like they presume he's in there. <laughs> so they find Fat Joey, and then they realize, uh oh, something happened, and then they open the cell, and he's he's gone. Okay. But, and presumably, what's his face? Burnt Burnt face had yeah. to go feed him with Dwight. White. Yeah. Like, thank you. <laughs> so Simon then responds on the radio. Stephen Ogg responds says, "Burntface, this is my favorite Dick Tracy villain, by the way." But, okay. <laughs> Not prune face, burnt face. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yes. face, yeah. <laughs> so Stephen Ogg responds, uh, "He'll he'll be in Alexandria in time for lunch." And Negan's like, "Yeah, you get better give him hell and turn that berg upside down or something like that, you know, just to just to give him hell if Daryl's there or even if he's not there." Um, we see Rosita quickly defuse the the Walker trap. She just jumps in and takes the battery out and basically you know disarms the whole thing. She then instructs the team to take the dynamite off carefully and watch the casings if they're damaged or messed up to leave them behind. The team just basically just gets to work. They all they all jump on this wire and they use their knives and they cut off the explosives very carefully. Rosita then notices a couple that she doesn't like the look of and she throws them or carefully puts them on like the grass on the median of the road. Uh, Rick and Michonne are working on the last set of bombs when a herd starts approaching in the distance. And he instructs the group, okay, just we're going to finish here. You go move the cars back so we can keep these these herd on the highway. And Jesus asks why, and Rick says we may need them later. So I don't know what he's got, what plans he has for this herd on the highway, but we'll, I guess we'll so find Jesus, out. Jesus takes the wheel. Jesus takes the wheel. He does. He does. Yeah. 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 So Sasha and Jesus then, uh, after they move the cars and you know whatever happens, Sasha and Jesus then head back to the hilltop on foot. Rick tells them just just head back. Rick and Missone have then at the same idea. They go, we can hotwire these things, and I'll blow the horn, and I'll throw my arm down, and we're gonna go. And they basically just just you know they they they, they read each other's minds basically, and they just have this yeah. idea to use the steel cable as a clothesline and mm-hmm. just mow down about half of the herd. A and couple was, that kills together. Oh, oh it, that's yes. right. <laughs> It stays together, right? That's romantic right there. This is one of the best, uh, I would say, zombie destruction scenes I've seen almost in the whole show. I mean, this is definitely I know, good. it's so new. And, oh, yeah, this is, this is amazing. Before. Yeah, yeah, this is one of the greatest yeah. scenes in the show, period. Uh, I mean, even with the stuff sure. they tried to do last season with the quarry and the five million CG zombies that were there, okay, fine. This is so much cooler, what they did with just oh, no, with this. This, this, is, this looked way better and was way yes. better designed as far as a, a thrilling set piece. Like, the, the stuff with the quarry... Like it was ambitious, but at the same time, it's like, what's happening? Like, I, like we're trying. It's like it's so hard to get a sense of the geography of yeah. that scene, right? Not clearly defined. And they just throw in like a giant yeah. CG truck, and it's like, okay, so I guess they're all scrambling. This is like you, you get it. Like, there's a great like understanding of what's going on. There's a ticking clock in the form of a herd approaching on a freeway. Right, right. There's this objective they have. It's not related to anything else. You know, beyond the immediacy of like we need to get this stuff because we we're we're screwed right now. We have nothing else to go on except this dynamite because we have no weapons. Like I get like why they, you know, emotionally they need to make this work for them and and like you know in reality this thing's about to happen. We need to get it done or else we're gonna get eaten. Like it all it all just adds up and then it leads to this terrific payoff of just zombie slaughter all over the freeway. Beautiful and they had that that, that point of view fake camera thing. I guess they had right on the you know it wasn't real obviously, but still they had that point of view with then mowing down the walkers. It was pretty neat. I mean you see the gore and the the bits flying everywhere. I thought it was really awesome. This, right. There's only well, there's only one there's only one problem with this. If you were to pull this off. You would not stop talking about this throughout the... You wouldn't just be like, oh, man, we did it. You would be like, did you guys see that? <laughs> we got to do that again sometime. She's like, okay, this car, you get this car. And I was, and we just did this. And like, 
<laughs> like, where's Carl? Carl should be like, did you see my dad? He just said this thing. <laughs> was he there? Was Carl even part of the group or no? Yeah. Yeah. So he for, was. Okay. So was, well, he only saw half of it, though. Oh, <laughs> man. That was it, low. But, that was low. I've been, if, I've been if, playing. If those that didn't see Talking Dead, if you just go find the clip, Nicotero's on there and he breaks down all the technical behind this scene and everything. It's I pretty check cool. That out. Yeah, I gotta watch that. I've been playing Dead Rising lately. Yeah. So, like, this totally fits in with, <laughs> with that game where it's just crazy nonsense, like, you know, lawnmowers and, you know, machetes and samurai swords and stuff. So, uh, but it was weird, too, because normally like guide wire decapitations or body splitting is something usually done in horror movies. And it's it's like one of those, yeah. One of those things where you just kind of cringe or look away. Mm -hmm. And this was like, this was the exact opposite of that, where it was just like, I can't turn my head away. This is the most awesome thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, so good. Yeah. I wanted to do that. (laughs) They could do this again. I hope they do it again. (laughs) This could work on real people. I have to have Rick, Rick teach me how to hot wire a car one day. That looks really easy. You just take two wires and push them together. I don't know. That just looks so fun. It's I'll, perfect, right? Yeah. Isn't that great when that happens in you know movies because it's such like reality where you just take two wires and randomly push them together until the car starts. <laughs> the car starts. Sure, that's <laughs> how I start my car every day. I mean, what's the problem? <laughs> I don't understand. You don't use a screwdriver anymore? You, you reach no, underneath that? No, okay, I, I gotcha. just put those wires together and I'm off. Rich, you're in Detroit now. That happens all the time, right? That's just oh, like yeah. how Go. They don't even give you keys here anymore. No. <laughs> a, a pair of pliers and a Phillips head Who screwdriver. Keys, man. Well, forget <laughs> your car that are attached, so that's easy. Uh, People don't even own cars there. They just do that. They just trade. Yeah. Like, hey, you want my car today? Yeah, sure. Just bring it back later. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, it's easy. Oh man! So as as the group is driving away, they look out the rear window, and then suddenly an explosion happens. And Rosita is just she's just too cool for school. This episode, I mean, obviously, you know, she goes, "I knew they didn't look good. I knew there's something wrong with that group because they just miraculously exploded on their own somehow." But anyway, that was still a cool little shot. Do we know her to be an explosives expert? By the way, is that a thing yeah, that we I should know? I was going to ask if maybe Abraham. I, talked yeah, I just assume because the, of the long journey between Abraham yeah. and. Um, uh, Eugene, Eugene, Eugene. Sorry, yeah. thank you. Right. Yeah, between between her traveling with those two, that she pick up stuff like that, or like, maybe she has. Isn't she military yeah. though? She wore. She wears like the army hat, isn't she? No, mm. he was. I mean, a lot. A lot of people could pick up a lot of things on the road. Yeah, <laughs> Abraham was military. I know well, that, but because mm-hmm. well, I was looking at the... all the tactics of it and all of that, and then of course you got Eugene that probably bordered to death with the science behind the you know the TNT and everything. So she's probably got it down pat. I, yeah. I like that they carefully were or somewhat carefully were trying to handle the uh, dynamite because we know from Lost what happens when you don't properly handle dynamite that's been laying around for a while. Mm, yeah. I'm waiting for somebody to die. Bad things I kept thinking that one person was just going to get blown <laughs> like, up. I like did. Just blew up all of a sudden. My terror. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they got hired for other jobs. <laughs> I figured, they're boom. Well, he- Heath is busy now, right? He's he's on 24 for a while. We won't see him for another season or two, that's right? That's right. He's saving the world right now. He's saving the world, yeah. <laughs> he's over there. He's killing it. I'm watching it. He's, he's doing I'm the job. It. <laughs> it's classic 24, which, you know, has all the problems of 24, but also all the good stuff, so it works. <laughs> yeah. It's easier for him to get arrested than it was Jack Bauer. Well, yeah. 
That's a great job. I mean, Carol and I can talk about 24. <laughs> just run. <laughs> like, I'll get, have to get arrested. He just immediately runs away from cops. Yep, yep. Seems like a suspect. <laughs> what are you that trying to say? <laughs> That's what happened on 24. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay, gotcha. So Michonne tells uh, Rick when they're in the car that, look, it's okay. We, we, we did it. You can smile. We made it. We were alive. Like, she's trying to, like, almost say, we did this. We just did something she, cool. She wants right. to be all out about the, how crazy that thing was. Yes. Just, didn't Rick's. Oh, I guess we did that all right. Like, come on, Rick. He couldn't even crack a smile at that point. He's like, oh, man. He ain't earned it yet. He didn't earn it, yet. it in. He was holding it in. He was holding it in. He's like, oh, that was close. I cut it close there or something. He said something like that. Like, you know, yeah. See, she's worrying me, though, because she keeps saying we're the ones. We live. We're the yeah. ones that survive. Did you feel that, too? Me. Yeah, it's so worrying me. What does that man. mean? I mean, her time is coming, huh? I, yeah, I mean, we're the ones that survive. Oh, Bow. Herschel. Gunshot. Oh. Done. Now she I, didn't I, have a prophetic speech to make. Like if she doesn't, if she has some kind of like serious, well thought out, thought provoking monologue, then yeah, she's done. That she's done. That, that's the end I'm of it, right? right? I'm just because I mean, I'm, I'm thinking was on her back now. when she slept with Rick. I mean, <laughs> then that, just, that started the ticking clock on her, right? That's it. Like yeah, it's just a matter of time now before she goes. Her, right? Man, she keeps saying it too much. Stop tempting fate. Stop. Keep saying <laughs> it. Don't forget Keep we showed her. On. Come on, wait, baby. wait, you're. Your your version of The Walking Dead doesn't have the twenty four countdown clock come on every time they go to commercial when it involves the show. <laughs> it okay. does. It does. Okay. Hey, I have I'm a question. I'm surprised yes. they what? can afford the clock for the twenty four sequel. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Russ? What? So what ultimately triggered those explosives? To like, I well, yeah, did they leave hard. behind a couple RPGs or something? No, like, I, I don't thought, understand. There was a I, bundle. I the walkers walked into the bundle that Rosita laid right. off on right. the side. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I must have. Yeah. yeah, I didn't catch that. Okay. I yeah, Rosita. Like, yeah, Rosie, she kind of shouts out like, "This leave that one. It doesn't seem right." And right. Then, yeah, I guess. The, okay. This, yeah. She was vindicated. But now, folks, if you're all ready, it is time for a no. very special part of the podcast. Oh no. boy! First time in 2017. It is time for Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss um, with Aaron no, Newark presenting. Craig, it is yes. it's no longer brought to you by Taco Bell. It's whoa, now brought mm. to you by the Uncarrier. Whoa, whoa, back um, up, so, whoa. Did I miss this? Did I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's brought to you. I almost cried. What? Sponsored. They switched sponsors? Yeah, yeah they did. It's, so it is now Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. Not, sorry. It is now Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by T-Mobile. The uncarrier. The uncarrier. Call me. Got it. Call me. Um, wow. And guys, oh, so is... can we no longer hashtag live moss? Hashtag the uncarrier. <laughs> the uncarrier. The uncarrier. It was like seven up the unsoda. What is this like? Uh, um, going back got... here. Regardless, guys. This Undead, is a pretty... uncarrier. See, this see. Is a, this was a pretty intense episode. Yeah, yeah it was. Of... Here, are the walking hashtag patches presented by T-Mobile, the uncarrier. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good mid-season premiere, so it, it picks up. Right after the explosion happened, as you may recall, a tripwire was launched, much like one we just saw in this episode. Uh, yes. <laughs> the explosion went off in this underground, this underground passage, hence the title of the show. Hmm. Um, and so the two women, uh, panicky woman and stabby woman, they're Gabby and whatever the name is. Um, they're, um, we forgot their names over the last uh, few months. I thought there's, there's Gabby and there's, let me look at my notes. Hold on. I could, like, Sierra. I got it. Sierra. Um, they're, they're recovering from this explosion that has happened. We're making the focus on Gabby. There's like a, there's like that ringing in their ears that got popular ever since Saving Private Ryan did it. You got that ringing going on. And, um, and Sierra's calling out. I was like, Gabby, where are you? Oh my god! And she's like, she's like picking up a flashlight. Then Gabby's, like, she's still trying to like collect herself because it was a big explosion. It's right. dust everywhere. It's Jeez. all dark. And then, just out of nowhere, 
Colton, who was stabbed in the leg by Sierra. <gasps> Colton. Not Colton. Out, he grabs Gabby's arm. To be continued wow. on next week's Fear the Walk. Hashtag Passage Picture hey. by T Mobile, the Carrier. Oh, man, I that was a lot of action so for Passage. That was a lot, man. Yeah. I don't know. Was... I kind of like the T Mobile. Uh, they're doing things a little stronger over here this, 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 uh, this half. Wow. It was pretty intense, guys. I mean, I was I, I take my I take my notes on the show, leaning back. I take my t- fear to walk it in hashtag passion with my T Mobile on the uncarrier notes, leaning forward. It's pretty. It's great. Wow, that's it. I, I can't believe Colton would make such a bold, life changing move there. <laughs> <laughs> that's because Colton lives Moss, Jim. Oh, but not anymore. Not anymore. Now he's no. now he's uncarrying. What does our Walking Dead TV podcast banner say, guys? What did you just change it? Didn't you live it? What'd you say? Uh, fear something, live moss? What'd you put? Just keep living moss. Doesn't matter if there's no sponsor anymore. Just keep living moss. Just We're going to do it. Oh, man. But I saw Taco Bell commercials throughout The Walking Dead, though, which is kind of interesting. There were, there were Taco Bell commercials, right? but those were those were presented by Walking Dead. They were presented yeah. by Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I got you. So they switched. They went to the, they went to the Big Pony now. All right, because they got the naked chalupa. They got to push on everybody now. So that's yeah, it. Damn right, they do. Just spread spread the love, spread the love around. That's all. That's naked it. chalupa. Huh? Naked. Ch- oh, Jim, it's quality, man. You you'd be burping it up for days if you have one of those <laughs> things, man. It's, I don't. It's, I don't it's... doubt that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got one of those the other day. I took one bite yeah. and right in the trash. Are you serious? It was, you... It was terrible. It, it's spicy. Oh, so wait, yeah. well, just just to back up a bit, Richard, you're telling me that the fast food corporation that makes tacos you know as fast food right. they didn't do a good job of bringing a piece of fried chicken folded as fried show. chicken it's, yeah it's a... that, that wasn't a good investment on your part is that what you're telling me I, that, that i i went into it you know realizing it was a mistake or it was probably a mistake <laughs> hold on let me let me as, as, hold on hold on that, that, as, I, un- as, I, un- as i unwrapped it you know all i could think of was living moss but hmm. you know, I had to muster up the courage of Nick from Fear the Walking Dead, and you know, yeah. the great bite. the great power of Nick. Yeah, and took, you threw it in the ground. Took that bite and then yeah. wanted to die like I do. After- <laughs> <laughs> wanted to die. Yeah, did not no want to live moss. He wanted to live no moss. I was hashtag uncarrying my ass out of there. Hey. Oh, it's not always a, it's not always a payoff to YOLO. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's, it's not as good as the Grand Mac was at McDonald's, right, uh, Daryl? Hey, oh, the Grand oh, Mac. Was so I didn't regret it. Well, I regretted that how I felt afterwards, but damn bomb. it, it was good. How many did you have that week? You were like a binge, weren't you? I was watching you I on had, Facebook. I had one grand, and then I had the two mini another day. Like Just to wash them down? Oh, yeah, afterwards. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three days before that, I had the the, the Mac Juniors, and I was like, I'm a grown-ass man. Why am I doing the Mac Juniors? Just two grand. <laughs> you know you want to feel it. You know you want to feel it. Feel what, the heart attack? <laughs> well, eventually, yeah, but... I wanted to try it. Uh, That's going to be a really ep- depressing episode of our podcast when like one of us isn't here anymore because of fast food related deaths. Yeah, hey guys, I'm on my laptop. I'm in the ICU, but I'm here with you. I, I did watch it on the hospital TV. Let me tell you something, guys. We survived. <laughs> but, hey, we you survived. would only we are the walking be fortunate dead. for me to have my fatal heart attack on the air. That's all I'm saying. Survive. Rating bonanza. Yeah. Uh, how many downloads would that get? <laughs> a two or three. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you a moment of silence, though, like Negan did for Fat Joe. Yeah, we'll do all right? that. We'll, we'll do that at the very least, all right? Fat so Chubbs. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the gang arrives back at Alexandria, like, just at the right time, because just as they basically walk in, because it looks like they ditched the truck somewhere, which is smart with the explosives in it, uh, Simon and the Savior's posse roll in, and... I love how Simon uh, greets Rick. Again, he's just so he's so good. He's uh, you know Stephen Ogg. He goes Rick, hello and hello again. He's just like he's he's so <laughs> awesome. I just love how casual he is. And Rick acts surprised that they're there. Uh, Simon says, uh, you know, you think we're here for a pickup? We're not. He goes, Daryl's gone missing. And Rick's like, I don't know about that. And Simon's like, well, first your son shows up at our place. Then Daryl goes missing. Eh, something's up here. So the saviors start to basically rip up the town and uh, searching for Daryl. And the threat is, obviously, if he's found, they're going to kill him. When they make it to the pantry, they notice that the shelves are totally bare. And Aaron's pretty slick. He's cool. He plays it off like, well, you know, we're still getting used to your new system. And, we, you know, we're, we're going a little hungry here. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to scavenge for more stuff soon. And Simon's like, okay, all right, cool. And, you know, he, he kind of warns Rick on the way out of town that he better get more stuff when pickup day arrives. And that if Daryl turns up, whether it be two days or two years from now, that he's going to pay the price. You better get that hatchet ready, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Aaron is synced in with the group now. He's part of the group. He thinks. Yeah, he, he thinks, thinks like on his feet. Do. He was pretty quick with yeah. it. He was pretty slick with that one, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. That, well, that's that's what's annoying about it. Like that's that's his job to begin with. His job is to be quick on his feet. He's the guy that goes out and randomly finds people to say, "Hey," right. so he he knows how to talk, which is why, whatever, what was it, the last episode when he comes back and he's like, "I don't know what to say," and he gets beat up. It's right. like, what are you doing? That was like, weird. You're the guy that knows how to talk. Like, why, how are you suddenly at a loss for words? Like, this is the one thing you do. Oh, it wasn't for you. It was the, uh, the, 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 yeah, right. He gets totally beat up. Right. It <laughs> was bad. That was pretty bad. Like, this, Never this again. Aaron, I know. The one that knows how to talk himself out of things. Yeah. So as soon as the saviors leave, Rick asks about the pantry. Like The minute the door closed, he goes, what about that pantry? And Tobin tells Rick that, all right, we got another problem. Gabriel's gone. The car is gone. The pantry's empty. And Rosita's, again, she's just, you know, she's real snippy. She goes, I knew it. I knew it. He stole the stuff and left, and you know she just sees all pissed. She's just mad because she he made her cry. Is that what he <laughs> gave her that speech? <laughs> and she was crying. He, she, she's she's thinking back at it. She didn't like that. Now he made her vulnerable. Yeah, huh? yeah. made her vulnerable. She ain't like that. She's she like, like <laughs> so Rick. However, though he thinks something else is going on, so he's kind of a believer in Gabe now. He kind of has a little bit of faith in him. I mean, uh, uh, he knows. He knows. Himself. He somehow goes, nah, nah. Something else has got to be up. Yeah. Something, something's got to nah. be going on. We're family now. We're not just. <laughs> Friends with family. Hell, like eight episodes ago, he's ripping down posters the guy's putting up, right? But now, now they're right. family. Now that, yeah, that's right. So back, yeah, back in the pantry, they find some clues. Gabriel's Bible is on the floor, and then Rick right mm -hmm. away knows what's this doing here. He never leaves this thing behind. Nope. And in the pantry, it looks like the inventory book or whatever. The word boat is written on the back page. So again, it's another clue that he's leaving for them. And Aaron's like, "How did he know about the boat?" So either way, Rick's like, "This is he knows. This is we know what we have to yeah. do now." Right now, Gabriel is like the spiritual. He is a spiritual Negro. He is like he kind of knows what to say. He knows what's going on. Like he knows what Rick is going to do before Rick does it, and he's preparing. Like he's putting, he's setting up things for Rick. It's like it's perfect. It's like he, it's all like. He, Let's not. 
Let's hmm? let's not forget how he like creeps that he like creeps out Negan when he first pops his head up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Damn, and you Negan... are creepy or something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would not be surprised if Negan dies if he's the one that kills Negan. <laughs> just because he looks just out of nowhere, like you don't even expect it, and he's the guy that takes Negan out. <laughs> and he says, "I always thought you were creepy." <laughs> that's his last words. That, that's yeah, his, that's so his dying he, words. It's it. It could be his dying words. You're creepy. <laughs> So in Aaron's house, Eric confronts him about going on these runs. They have a little bit of a tiff. And that Rick is going after the saviors again and begs Aaron not to go. Aaron says that, look, Gabriel is one of them. We have to find him. We have to go after him. And Eric says, look, if Rick's taking on these saviors again, that's a big deal. And he doesn't think that they're going to survive it, basically. He's telling Aaron that, you know, maybe we should just stop this. Stop the insanity. Back at the boathouse. I I mean, just to... I mean, this is a, this episode is it, it really justifies its length, which is something I like because it's like we're getting actual development on a lot of characters. Like it's yeah. really it's going out of its way to be like, hey, these are all these people in this show. We don't need to go into like all these different plot lines to confuse you and like bore you with like side plots that don't matter. But here's a little bit of a catch up with all these people. I really like again. I just I really like how this episode went along. Like it just really it kept. Yeah. It's a it's a ninety minute or whatever they want to call it. It wasn't that much. Episode, I think it was like an, like an hour ten or something. It wasn't. Like it's full, like a little yeah yeah. It, yeah, because I have it. I have like four more lines on my piece of paper that I take notes because it was going to be longer. It's like, oh, it's ending. Okay, never mind. Like, so, it, w- it was well, interesting to me too that um, it, they were able to juggle the whole ensemble and actually give just about everybody something to do, which is what the show episode. used to do a lot of w- and pretty well mm-hmm. back in the day. Like they used to just pretty much rock with this ensemble thing every week, and then right. when they broke off, it was like, oh my god, they broke off. But it's like. This was this is what the show does, and and they they got to. Uh, I think you said it before, Aaron. You said they got experimental, like they were doing a lot of this, you know, experimental storytelling type of stuff. And it's just we're back to basics just, now. This is good. I like this. Yeah. I'm, oh, it's, Nick, it's, Nick Otero did a did a bang up job. Yeah. On this episode, directly. Really, yep. Yeah. It's a night. I mean, it's it's it, it's it because we you know we just did our everybody should listen to our top five episodes episode where we talked about our favorite. And there's you know there's a lot of them that kind of deal with some of the. Um, the episodes that do parse out the characters, like 18 Miles Out is the big example, or the right. some of the ones I picked involving Morgan or what have you, where you don't have all of the cast. But at the same time, the first half of the season was so disparate of seeing, you know, the group separated and dealing with just not just nothing but drama in a way where not just drama, but like like dire, like everybody <laughs> people were dying and it's everybody's moping around kind of. This is like, all right, we're getting the, we've got the gang back together. Let's have them actually go out on a on a trip. And they're not even successful. Like they like yeah. the only thing they get is some dynamite. Like they don't even get they don't even recruit anybody no. besides like the hilltoppers. Right. But like that's like that's it. Like yeah. they don't even like get the thing they want. But it's, it's still a road show like, episode. It feels like a successful journey. It's, a, it's like a soul uh, birdie and the hilltoppers. It's like it's like a, like a band from the sixties. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is calm about it, though. Rick is like, it's gonna, it's gonna work out. He's got so. that python back. Yeah, he does, and he smiled. Yeah. Back at the boathouse, the gang arrives and finds some more clues. There's a footprint in the mud, and they track it, basically up and wherever up, and it's some abandoned warehouse they end up at or a factory of some sort. Um, so I guess it was near that house, but not exactly right there. And they're suddenly surrounded by a bunch of, and I couldn't tell if it was just girls or guys with long hair. I really didn't know what this group was, but a it was whole a group. Mix. It was a mix. It was a lot of women. Though. A lot of women, though, well, right? Yeah, it was like. Isn't that the group that, what, that what's her name came across? I thought so, oh, no, but I don't not, no, it's think not, so. It's not, it's not, it's not I don't because, think so. It was part of whoever watched them in the last 
in the previous exact, episode. Exactly. The guy's foot or whatever it was or whoever. Yeah, it yeah. was a girl. It was a woman. I, okay. I think it's Gabriel's secret group. I, it, I mean, it's something that he's connected to, but yeah, it's not the Oceanside group because Tara yeah. would have been all over that. But she, right. you know, that, well, that's and, what and I there was some men too. in there too. Like they were, I did look there, at it. There was a few there's men. A, yeah, you know, there's a few men, and also that group's not going anywhere. They're 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 off in somewhere else where no one knows where they are. They're not about to like come storming after. Some yeah, there was no people. reason for them to follow and and no. go out like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and at the end, we see Rick smile. So that was so he saw something that we didn't see, but look, the camera's looking at right. Rick. So we can you can assume a lot of things. You can assume it was possibly Gabriel. You can assume it was who knows. It could have been Carol for all we know. I mean, we don't even know what right. what he saw, who he saw. <laughs> it's T Dog. What a T-Dog. smile! Oh, okay. I know T Dog. We always knew Force Ghost uh, T Dog, right? Okay, it's, it's a series of Force Ghosts of all the people he died. <laughs> Go false, Rick. <laughs> Treat yourself, Tyrese. Oh man! So that's the end of the episode, folks. We got through it. Yeah. So before we get to our very own Buster ratings, let's have a quick word from our sponsor, uh, Daryl. Would you be so kind? Yes. Uh, if you like comics and and or you want to dip your toe into comics and you you don't know where to start, you can go to DCBS uh, Service Online and you can pick out. Whatever comics you're into, if you want to try Walking Dead, or you want to, or you uh, enjoy the Marvel movies or the or the DC movies or whatever, they have DC comics, they have Marvel comics, they have Archie comics. If you're into the Riverdale and you want to see where what, what brought that all about, Betty and Veronica too. Uh, whoa, man. Okay, Veronica. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I threw yeah. you off. <laughs> uh, you threw me off. They are of age, people. It's not creepy. Um, but you can check to all say that, that out, out loud. That makes that makes you sound better, Jughead. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It makes me feel better. Um, but you could go to uh, DCBF service and you can order it to ship straight to your house. You can ship it to you. Uh, you can have the comic shipped to you weekly. You can have them to, uh, ship to you twice a month or just once a month, uh, depending on how uh, often you want to read your books. Uh, the discounts are great. You can't beat them. Every month they they have new uh, stuff on sale, so uh, definitely check that out. And they have an in-stock trade sister site where they have so many trades for all companies, so so many publishers that you can try everything. I mean, Daredevil, Green Lantern, uh, uh, Darth Vader for Star Wars, if you're into that. Batman? Batman, yeah, if you're into that. And even Cloak and Dagger, which is going to get a TV show that probably will be bad. We don't know, but try it anyway. You can see where they get it from, um, but just go there. It, it's a great uh, place, and the people that you will be dealing with will uh, definitely take care of you, no matter what your problem is. Excellent. Thank you. And we the show is possible, made possible due to the generous sponsorship of DCBService.com, and we appreciate that. So check them out. All right, so let's start with our Buster ratings. Richard, we'll start with you. Um. Well, I I have to agree with what Aaron said earlier. There was just a lot about this episode that worked and got back to the roots of of really just good dialogue, good uh, character interaction and character building moments. Um, And then, of course, the uh, the the clothesline zombie snapping scene was just (laughs) probably one of the most badass moments in the entire series so far. Oh, yeah. Um, Overall, I, I 
I it's easily four. I I think probably four and a half busters for me. It was really really good. Excellent, good way to kick off the second half of the season. Aaron, how about you? Uh, agree. Uh, I it is a good way to kick off the second half of the season. I agree with Chubbs as well. It's a it's a four and a half busters out of five for me. This is a solid episode that does a lot of the things that I want a Walking Dead episode to do very well. And a lot of the things that I don't like it to do, it doesn't do very much. That's a confusing way to phrase it, but that's how I said it. So there you go. <laughs> but no, I um, I like this episode a lot. I think it I I think it does a great job of r- reminding us of who where all these characters are, what what role they're serving right now, what needs to be happening, what kind of history people are sharing, and what you know how that's made up the current status quo. I think it just does a lot right, and. It just—it's a. I found it to be a very entertaining episode for one of these ones that's slightly extended. I think it justified the time. There's not a ton of action in this episode. Not that I, you know, tend to need a ton of action, but I'm certainly happy with the signature sequence that we got. It has its humor, which this show could use a lot more of. Not that it needs to become some kind of crazy comedy, but it can certainly use, you know, some higher spirits every now and then. And this one certainly uh, manages to do that it also has some uh, you know some reflected past things that aren't so good i mean it just it does everything really really well so i was a big fan of it four and a half busters sounds good and if you haven't folks if you're new to the show uh check out aaron's written review on this episode the youngfolks.com there's a link to it on our facebook page as well that's the walking dead tv podcast and i really enjoyed your uh, your write up <coughs> i thought it was it was good uh, it was uh, yeah definitely got all the points uh jim um, I'm with the like mind of uh, the rest of the group. I give it four and a half. Uh, Buster's thought it was great. I love the the clotheslining. I loved uh, the times with Ezekiel and Gregory. I think uh, Aaron made a good point in his re- uh, written review that you know it's this kind of eccentric uh, characters that we I'd like to see more of on the show rather than just everybody being dour and kind of sweaty. Uh, <laughs> so four and a half Buster's for me. Dour and sweaty dot com. Uh, right. <laughs> Daryl, how about you? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm giving it four stars. I, I really enjoyed the episode. It it was a nice pacing. It, it worked well. You got to. It was good to see the group back together and in sync with each other and working together so well. Um, I like the the whole thing of them trying to set this whole plan up and 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 whatnot. This is what they should have done: is do intel and really you know, work out what's going on before just jumping in. And I like how Rick is, is he's thinking again, he's the planner. Now he's back to how he was and he's, and he's um, working everything out. And I like, I I like uh, father Gabriel, like setting stuff up for him. He's like that spiritual leader for him. Um, He's like, he has everything. He has the spiritual leader. He has Daryl over there and and they're going to probably get everybody in line uh, over with the, uh, uh, with the king and the kingdom, um, so I just I'm just looking forward to, to seeing what how this all is going to come about, and I'm I'm ready for the war to start. And I'm really I want to know why that uh, Rick is smiling so damn much when he's surrounded by all these people with guns. Well, hopefully, unlike The Walking Dead, they won't make us wait a few episodes for that. Hopefully, I hope not. I hope they'll wrap it up. We'll see. Russ, how about you? <laughs> or, or it's a big Gabriel flashback episode next week. Oh, <laughs> can can you imagine? Can that. you imagine? They would do something like that, though, right? That's, oh, that's, totally man. would. All right. We've done it before. I'm thinking positive, thinking positive, thinking positive. Okay. Yes, R- Russ, how about you? <laughs> I am, I'm going to be a little, maybe a little hyperbolic on this episode, but I'm going to give it a five. I, Whoa. to me, honestly, Whoa. if we, hey now. if we, yeah, if we would have, 
Oh um, my. If we would have done our top five, I really think that my list would have been different uh, if we had done it after this episode. I, To me, this is everything that I want the show to be and everything that I know what what when they take the this material and the story and put it in this format what the what the show can be uh for a long time we kind of got two types of episodes we either got the focus episodes where there's one or two characters and that's all we get uh so they can they can give us the focus that we need on on those characters or we get the jumping around where it's like a few minutes of it here a few minutes there uh and this this episode took the core group and I really like this kind of roadshow aspect to the episode where they start in the hilltop, then they go to uh, they go to the kingdom, and then they go back to Alexandria. And everybody kind of got their due, but they were acting as a group. And uh, the, the you know I, I'll admit to a lot of why I'm giving it such a high score is that whole bit with the dynamite and and the the clotheslining of the walkers. I mean, I just I just thought that was that was just so well uh, well done. And you just really start to root for them. You feel like they've they've starting to get a purpose. They're starting to to gel together again, uh, like they did for for a long time. And I, I just really like the like the direction things are going. So I, I was really really surprised at how strong that the show came back. And I think part of it is uh, for me maybe a little bit of the newness factor, but part of it too is you know the show's been been off for a couple months. Uh, and for it to start this strong, I think, uh, hopefully bodes very well. Well said. I, su- uh, I support that, Russ. I, I like there. There is a part of me watching this episode thinking, is this going to be one of the best Walking Dead episodes? There's like various moments where I kind of started thinking <laughs> that for a while. And yeah, it, it is a very good episode. I, I support really what you're good. saying there. Thanks. I want to do a, a 4.25 and, and, and a couple of things, you know, nothing bad about this episode. I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it could have used a little bit more, you know, a little more destruction, a little more action for my taste to get to that 4.75 4, 4. range for me. But I did enjoy it. Um, a little convenient, too, like when Rick was dealing with the herd of walkers. He didn't get bit once. He just kind of like bobbed and weaved around 500 walkers. All right. I mean, it's fine. They hot wired the cars. That's cool, too. Listen, I enjoyed this episode. I love the pace. I don't want to nitpick it too much. I really, really did like it. And if this is what we're in for for the second half of the season, if they don't go into a Father Gabriel, please don't tell me that, backstory or something like that, if we stay with this non-experimental, keep the ensemble together, Let's let's form a plan. Let's go to war. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. So I, I'm very optimistic, uh, an optimistic 4.25 for me. But who cares what we have to say? Our listeners leave their very own Buster ratings on the Facebook page. So if you haven't done it yet, go to the Walking Dead TV podcast. Hit join group. We get you in real quick. We're 815 members strong right now. And you can leave your very own Buster ratings uh, for The Walking Dead. And, of course, for Fear the Walking Dead, we call them Toby ratings. Uh, But you can leave them every week when we do The Walking Dead. So, Jim, would you do the honors as always, as tradition dictates? Please go (laughs) ahead. What do our listeners have to say about this week's episode? Also, the Facebook group is a good place to link to Aaron's written reviews of the uh, episodes. Um, yes. They're always there going right to the young folks where he writes the weekly uh, reviews. Okay, uh, we have a lot of comments this time. Jeff Rhodes starts us off. 3.85 interstate clothesline moves out of five. They're going <laughs> to kill Jerry. He's just too cool. Uh, where'd Gabriel go? Who was in the car with them? Is that the battery Gabriel took f- from Alexandria at the explosive clothesline? Mm-hmm. Too many questions. Don't leave me hanging too long, TWD. 
Rosita's sudden knowledge of explosives is a bit suspect. Brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss. <laughs> the film was exciting. Looking forward to the next step. I think we addressed every single one of his questions on this episode. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Brent Jones, three feisty Rosita's out of five. Meh, this was an episode that happened. And now things are set up for the next one. The end. Uh, KJ Bonhomme, uh, four out of five. Glad to see them paying off mysteries, hitting multiple plots, giving characters motivating dialogue, and a Firewalker kill. Uh, DeRay Irvin, five games of zombie Red Rover out of five. <laughs> oh, boy. Nice. Uh, this was a setup episode for the future, but I liked everything from the Alexandria group dealing with a clearly out-of-touch Gregory to their encounter with the mystery group at the end. Whisperers? Mm. Um, Rick's smile in the final scene was perfect. I'm ready for the war to come. Also, I'm pretty sure Gabriel's just an asshole, and I'm mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> she's already come up yeah. with her conclusion. That's it, right? That's it. <laughs> she's made her choice Uh, Cheryl Morris Goodman 4.5 sort of rhetorical questions out of 5 rhetorical did they really think Ezekiel was going to agree after one brief meeting with this dirty bunch of strangers can Gregory be any more douchey Uh, how long was blue eyed hero kid from the kingdom kicks the bucket Uh, how strong was that cable that took out all those walkers how cute is Jerry I like that she wrote everything in the form of a question Like that's kind of cool Get ready for Jeopardy. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> uh, Lola Lopez. War is coming for Negan, and Rosita and Sasha are going to have their own war. And DeRay Irvin agrees. Yes, girl. So, Caddy. <laughs> Katie Levesque, 4.5 out of 5. I love that the gang is getting back together again. Favorite moment was the bloody slice and dicing Walker extravaganza. Uh, Charlie Messing, a solid 4 out of 5. Great build up to what's coming, but Rick, really? You're recruiting others to fight, but you didn't get the buy-in from all of Alexandria yet? Oh, boy. Who's left? I, I see, I read this comment yesterday. Who's left in Alexandria, like, that's alive? Who? I you got Tobin know. over there. Really? Like, who, who else is left? <laughs> Aaron and his husband, that's about it. Yeah, Eric and Tobin. That's it's all that's left over there, right? There's that There's that one guy. Yeah, Tobin. That's what I was the answer. Yeah. There's that one guy. <laughs> you know, that one guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure he probably has, like, a wife or something. You know, the, the, them. Them. <laughs> no, he was dating Carol for a while. Remember that? And she left him? Well, that's right. What am I talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just an empty plate of cookies, Tobin and Aaron and Eric. There it is. That's it. She wrote a Dear Tobin letter and everything. She was gone. See ya. Dear Tobin letter. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. Nikki uh, my... and Paolo. Nikki and Paolo. Sure. So Keep the lost reference going. <laughs> Uh, Mike Jones, who's a four sidecar Jerry's out of five. Solid episode all around. Love the car slicing up the herd and a great dialogue from Jerry. Simon is still a scene stealer every time I see him on the show. Very yes. tired of Carol, but move on to the move into the kingdom or move on. Uh, Donna Stevens, 3.5. I hate to say it. I got bored. The best part was the cable versus zombies at the end. The end. Uh, Robert Nigro, three. Inexplicably, at this point, unwashed Daryl's out of five. <laughs> He, so he does dirty. look even dirtier than the others, um, by comparison. <laughs> uh, I was a little bored. Why did this episode need to be longer? Oh, yeah, for more commercials. The roadblock and zombie herd seem dropped in just to have something happen in this episode. Mm-hmm. And having the group get some explosives out of the adventure seems like a worn trope in this show by now. Uh, we get it. Dangerous world. We are the walking dead. Were the Grammys any good last night? <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Susan Monk uh, retorted that, as I recall, Daryl is allergic to soap and water. <laughs> wow. Um, Mary Cherpecki, I'll give it a solid four. Oh, sh- Jesus, out of five. <laughs> this was more like it. Well, I did a small 
role of the eyes of the dialogue with both Hilltop and the Kingdom, Gregory and Ezekiel help Ezekiel help moved it along nicely. Can I say I prefer the Kingdom and wouldn't mind if the show was based on them? <laughs> I liked every moment of them, even story time. Uh, I loved Rick's smile at the end too. I'm sure there's more, but I need coffee. Okay. Uh, Seth Tillman four. Just because we listen to the same podcast doesn't mean that we're friends. Out of five. <laughs> well, the win. Top three all-time Walker kill. Pissed off Dirty Daryl. Negan eulogies. What more could you want? Can Pissed we all off just... Dirty Daryl is my favorite Walking Dead tribute band, by the way. Yeah. Dirty Daryl. P-O-D-D. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, can we all just tell Morgan to F off? Enjoyed it. Um... This is among chimed in with. I'm glad we could be openly hostile now. <laughs> uh, Ian Roswell, um, four. There's always a road to the kingdom out of five. Feel we're back to a solid pace. Good dialogue. Rick's speech about the rock. Best zombie kill of all time. And obviously not a naughty preacher mystery. You know what? I never saw myself smile during the first part of a season, but I think that's about to change. Good, good point. That's just what they said to uh, Richard, too, when he. That's what Jesus said to him, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You're about to smile. You know, I've never seen you smile. I think it's about to change. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. Four, let's cheese wire those walkers out of five. <laughs> A really good, strong mid-season premiere had me literally on the edge of my seat throughout, and I think we have possibly seen the best walker kills out of all the seven series. And at the start of the episode... Did someone pop up in the passenger seat next to Gabriel? Yep. By the, by the looks mm-hmm. of it, Rick's army will grow quite large quite quickly, telling by the smile on his face at the end. I'm looking forward to it next week. P.S. Glad you guys are back. Missed the podcast. Oh, we missed you guys, too. I'm glad to be back. Well, thanks. Uh, Janet Broom, 3.75 out of 5 creepy Rick smiles. The episode has some really good moments, like the zombies getting taken out by the wire, but overall it wasn't anything special. The ending did have me excited for the fight against Negan as we meet another group, and this group seems to have plenty of weapons. Mm. Um, Scott Homan, three Eskimo sisters out of five. Good, solid episode. I like where the story is going now. like their interaction and introduction to the kingdom, but for a mid-season premiere and extended episode, I was a little disappointed. In the scene at the end when Rick's group gets surrounded, I just kept picturing someone yelling, Warriors, come out to play! <laughs> and finally, Rob Cook, four spectacular clothesline Walker kills out of five. Great setup for the second half of the season. Jerry is my favorite character of the season so far. Jerry, he's got he definitely he's he's definitely living in it. It seems like a lot of the listeners, um, like they wanted more action or something like that for the, the season opener. They're like, oh, it's bored, this, that, the other thing. Like it's, I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, really enjoy it. Yeah, they're starving for it. The first half was like, oh, and now they were but hoping. But I think we're gonna we're gonna get that with that with when the war actually does start, which I think is gonna really tap off well, next episode. And I agree, yeah. it didn't quite have that kind of action that we would expect. Although the zombie clothesline really kind of made up for that. But like, yeah. like was said earlier by so you know the character interactions and the dialogue in this, the amount of of smart writing that went into this more than makes up for the lack of action. Mm. Well, yeah, and like the show clearly has to build up to certain things, and I'd much rather get an earned scenario where people are fighting each other rather than like I was saying, like you know, Daryl just punches somebody. Like it's like, all right, that's <laughs> like that's our Daryl, but at the same time, it's like you know, I'm, I'm happier letting things go, and it helps, like you just said, Rich. The show. It's, it's, I'm, I'm the biggest complaints complainer when it comes to the writing on the series. It was exceptionally good this week, which I was really happy with. Yeah, 
No, it was good. I can, I can understand where they're coming from, though. It's like they, we, we've been so, like, starved this first half of the season. They were hoping that right. they would just jump in with that kind of you – know, we've seen it before where there's – um like when the town's getting overrun or the or the wolves are there. You get this kind of fast-paced, kind of action-packed episode. It has and, the most epic zombie kill sequence. Exactly. No, no, I'm cool with it. You're right. I'm just saying I can see where they're coming and, from. I know what they want. And, and get yeah. ready, kids, and buckle up because I have a feeling that, like, the second half of the season is just going to be – one hell of an up and down roller coaster and some of us are going to get motion sickness along the way because it's going to rock right after next week's gabriel episode we're really going to get back don't do that man do not do that (laughs) oh man can you you imagine that you'll see him preaching to his oh never get me started no oh man so jim thank you for reading uh as always the uh the buster ratings from our lovely facebook group no problem. And if you want to get in the action again, you can go to Facebook.com, do a search for The Walking Dead TV Podcast, hit search, and then you hit join, and we get you right in, and you can leave your very own Buster slash Toby ratings, uh, depending on the show. All right, folks, any uh, any wrap-up, any last thoughts before we put this one in the can? Um, you think there's going to be, like, like scenes of Ezekiel and Daryl like trying to hash things out? I don't know. Uh, that was one of my favorite lines too of the show, though. What did Rick tell him? Just stare at him. What did he say? Stare yeah. at him sternly, or stare at him until submission. Stare at him into submission. Did he actually say that? I didn't. I didn't actually yeah, catch that. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. what I was saying earlier. He has that line where he tells him, "Just like you know, just yeah. tired, try to talk to him, or just glare him into submission." But yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling one of his people is going to get murdered, and that's going to be this the thing that. It's gonna set. Oh, it's gonna be Benjamin first. I mean, yeah, of guys, course, it's gonna be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put that on the table right now. He's he's not living in this show because like, it has not affected him yet. Like it, it, all this talk of him not even telling his community about it, like it, it hasn't really affected him yet. He's the only Kingdom character we know who, like, uh, you know, it's not Richard. It's not unless it's Jerry, but that'd be too depressing, guys. Yeah, it wouldn't be. I don't think it'd be. It has to be Benjamin. He has too much of the like wide-eyed knave kind of like, "Hey guys, that's me. I'm just if, learning how to fight." Uh, like right. he's dead. If, it's a gun. And Carol has to. We riot. And it's kind of like yeah, the Carrie. king's adopted son too, because didn't his father die, yeah. and they were both friends yeah. or something, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like that father adopted father right. thing. Adopted and son. Then Carol will have to prepare him for it. Like she'll she'll have to console him and get him ready. Yeah, I've I've no I have no doubt right now that Benjamin's going to be like the key to why Ezekiel wants to fight. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying, Daryl. Like like Ezekiel will be such an emotional wreck, and she'll like, look, man, mm-hmm. you, you know, time for this. This is time. This is time for war. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I think so- she's gonna. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. gonna need that. She's gonna need to be there. She's in the right place. At the, it's it's funny because she's in the right. Like, why is she doing this? Have to be by myself thing, yeah. so she could be in just the right place <laughs> to help him. When he needs to do this uh, and join the fight, like she she's there, and then Daryl, of course, is the perfect uh, uh, soldier to point. Just point him in the right direction of what to do. Yeah, he's hot to try. And it seems like right now. Yeah, he's yeah, ready to go. Yeah. I mean, he's ready to go. would it be cool? So if Carol gets done with her walkabout, she's in full Rambo mode again. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel's ready to go with the kingdom. And what if Morgan like drops his life is good nonsense and actually he goes ballistic oh, he too? Oh, all, all at the same time. Like that would just be like beautiful. That would be perfect. When he got it, when it comes to other people getting killed, he the switch goes off. Especially Carol. Like he's he's going to do it. Okay, so okay. He'll, he'll, Here, he'll I'm, lose I'm it. hearing I'm hearing like the opening strings of the Mortal Kombat theme right now mm-hmm. playing. They're all gonna gear up and get ready. <laughs> right. Type screams and it's like Mortal 
cut, and then it'll all go after. I can see Morgan go overboard. I can see Morgan go into straight kill mode and and have to be calm. He'll mutilate them with the the stick. He'll just do okay. He'll he'll put a knife on the end of the stick on on his on his bow. Out. Yeah. That's it. All right, folks. So, uh, where can our listeners hear us, see us, read us when we're not talking The Walking Dead? Richard, how about you? Um, on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun jazz. I'm Chubtoad01. You can hear me on this same network with uh, Daryl and Jim there and our good friend Jerry uh, on the <laughs> DC TV podcast where we discuss all the. Uh, DC related television shows. Um, we just recorded last night, as a matter of fact. So, uh, and that's me. Excellent, Aaron. Uh, you can find me chatting up movies over on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. My co-host Abe and I talk about the new movie releases weekly. We just talked about both uh, John Wick Chapter Two and the Lego Batman movie, meaning you had no excuse to miss movies this weekend because those are both awesome. Um, we also do. Lots of other fun stuff. We had a new commentary track coming out about speed, of all things, too. Um, <laughs> Pop quiz, find... man. Yeah. You, when you are could, you uh... going to do a commentary on Starship Troopers? I was hoping you were going to say what <laughs> we already did, because we've done so many at this point. But um, that, that's in the works. We'll put that put that on the table. Pencil me in. I, I'd like to be on that. We still all haven't right. done Under Siege yet in our Steven Seagal tribute. We haven't done that that's yet That's true. We'll keep, right, we'll so. keep, I'll keep all that in mind. But yeah, out now there in an aid that's on iTunes as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4, and I uh, I do all my writing and stuff. You can find that at the uh, thecodazeek.com. Jim, uh, you can catch me at the uh, um, DC TV podcast that Rich mentioned before. You can also catch me on uh, Nothing's On with Daryl and Donnie Salvo over on the Taylor Network Podcast.com, uh, where we talk more generally about television and movies. And I'm about to be part of a new podcast, which may end up on the Taylor Network, but uh, will be out soon called Paradigm Shift. Ooh. It's a uh, D&D uh, game uh, uh, being uh, uh, hosted by Alan White. And uh, it's just, you know, we're playing a game of D&D, recording it, and then editing it down to podcast form. Wow. So. That sounds like a lot of fun. Are you going to talk Stranger Things in there at all, or is that going to come up? Or uh... We are... Uh, no, it's a D and D. No, we might. I don't know, okay. but it's basically us us playing the game. Gotcha. So strictly the game, not characters. Other stuff. And, yeah. Cool. Right. Awesome, man. Uh, Daryl, uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter at the Voice One Two Three. Uh, you can go to the Taylor Network Podcast dot com and you can uh, check out a bunch of podcasts. We have one on the network that is the Star Wars podcast called Star Wars Conversations. We also have a Go Trek Yourself podcast, which <laughs> is uh, celebrating Star Trek and all that, preparing for the show. Uh, we also have a, a cool interview, a comic interview podcast called Double Page Spread, uh, where there's great interviews on that on that show. And, and if you're a Batman fan, we have uh, Gotham by Geeks. Or, uh, to check out that and if you like uh shock shock stuff uh you can go to no apologies <laughs> where we do a uh talk about the lego batman but uh it, it might not be what you think um <laughs> not safe for children either okay it's um, february and it's already daryl's <laughs> movie of the year yeah so uh you could definitely check it all out we, we keep the the website uh full of news and pop culture stuff so uh we keep it up to date every day so check it out excellent and russ uh yeah just same place you get this fine show uh you can go to hhwled.com uh and check out it's all connected our mcu centric uh podcast so if you like all the cool 
Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, you can check me out there. And then as well, like Daryl mentioned, uh, Gotham by Geeks over at the Taylor Network of podcast.com. So. With so many Marvel shows, I don't know how they do it. I'm telling you. It's <laughs> hard, man. <laughs> Struggle is real. They did. I know they just, picked up Le- they just picked up Legion. That what brings them up to two now? <laughs> yeah. uh, that doesn't count. And they're Legion's both connected. That that they're both connected. Yeah, yeah, on that one. You have to pass on the best one. Oh, I'm sorry. Ouch. Wow. Hey, Logan looks good, though. I'm seeing that. I'm getting Got excited to see that today? one. What happened? We're talking about shows, though, not the. That's true. Not the... Well, oh. Logan's, oh, okay. Logan's, okay. Not, Logan's okay. not connected, but it's all connected. Oh, he's not connected. Okay, gotcha. That's, that's 20th connected. century, right? It's not connected. Got it. Okay. That's in the who cares about continuity universe? <laughs> <laughs> it's multiverse. Hey, it happened in the comic. Just not the way you think it did. <laughs> And if you want to hear me, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, uh, autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host, Teddy, review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, pick over the remains of motor news, whatever comes into our heads at that particular moment. Uh, last car review is a Lexus RX 350 F Sport. Uh, next week, we're doing the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trailhawk edition, so check that out. A lot of SUVs for the for the winter driving out there, and it's been fun getting getting those kind of lined up. Where's the wires? What's that? I'm sorry. With the wires? Where's the wires when that car to start it? Well, yeah, the Lexus is a little tough. See, they, you know, it's 2017. It's it's this keyless entry. It's it's a whole different ball game. You know, you got to like uh, oh. take apart so half the dashboard. So it's wireless entry. You just get up under the dashboard and pretend to touch. Oh, it. Right. You, just, you okay. actually just wave your hand underneath it, and it, yeah, it starts right up. That's all you have to do. Oh, now. Okay. Yeah, it, okay. it's pretty amazing. But uh, so if you want to hear us talk about that, have some fun, a few laughs, it's actually a lot of fun. So autochatshow.com, check us out there. So folks, when there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth remember in the zombie apocalypse screwing the same dead guy doesn't make you friends <laughs> take care folks are you sure that's not a rhetorical point rhetorical uh, rhetorical <laughs> wait is, is it okay for us to break out into song now please let's do it Row, row. <laughs> oh boy! All right, Gently down the stream. Come on, Spock. <clears throat> Come on! <laughs> what? No. no. Uh, all right. Take care. They've gone and grabbed no money. He's not the only one saying it's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake It's a mistake Tell us, Commander, what do you think? Cause we know that you love all that power Is it on them? Are we on the brink? We wish you'd all throw in the towel Fade out too soon Not in this finest hour We'll sound your favorite tune We'll send a card and flowers Saying it's a mistake It's a mistake It's a mistake
the storm. 